0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Booth Review Podcast. This is episode three of the 2024 spring semester. This is Brandon Higley along with Nathan King. Nathan, say what's up.
1: Yeah, how's it going? Uh, Today we're going to be talking, uh, surprisingly, some baseball this time with football out of the way. Uh, Football, we will cover some free agency. uh, Just some opinions on who we think is going where. We'll do mock drafts uh, in a later episode. But we're going to cover a lot of baseball today. We're going to cover a lot of basketball today. I don't want to cover hockey because there's nothing worth watching as a fan. So um, that's my opinion. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to come out and say that. But still, please listen. We do appreciate your
0: support. Very exciting times right now. Spring right around the corner. We got a little uh, tease of warm weather in the last couple of weeks. It's back to cold right now Yeah. here in – Upstate New York, but uh, yeah, baseball is right around the corner. Spring training games start this Saturday, the, 20, oh, the 24th, I believe, is Saturday. Word, I mean, I could confirm that right now. Let me yes, look yes, the 24th at the calendar.
1: It is the 24th. I was yeah, doing Saturday, that.
0: the 24th, Major League Baseball spring training games open up. Um, we're going to be going over the division predictions, maybe some win totals here yeah, yeah. in a little bit. But that's where we're at right now, man. Uh, football just getting over with. We'll talk a little bit about our post-Super Bowl thoughts. Yeah, uh, yep. A little bit of NBA stuff, I believe, as well, as Nathan mentioned. Or yep. did he not mention yet? I did mention. Okay. Yeah, let's get into it.
1: Okay, so just because we always stalk football normally the whole time, like, you know, with football season, not a lot of other stuff going on that we cared about. Uh, I'm just gonna get at the football out of the way yeah. and go over the free agents because that'll be brief. Actually, we'll start off with Super Bowl. Post Super Bowl, um, Chiefs win another one. Yep. Uh, kind of fulfilling the Taylor Swift storyline. <laughs> no, uh, I mean I'm over it. It good game, I guess. Actually, not really. Um, you saw Shanahan didn't understand how overtime works. So yeah, like um, let's
0: let's talk about that for just a second. How do you not? How are you not aware? of that rule, even though it was very well advertised after they changed it because of the Bills-Chiefs game. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the biggest storyline of the offseason that year.
1: To go into the Super Bowl, and even the playoffs, you know, you're supposed to be this elite, like, the, you know, the elite coach, one of the best, have the best team around you. I'm saying this easy. 49ers were the best team, and they've been the best team for three years. Yeah. and Top to bottom, easily. They're, I mean, have you seen, like, their last six years, like, where they finished? Yeah. It's like... They They're make right there. NFC Championship every year, Super Bowl every like you're guaranteed pretty much almost to be in, or they've been in one of those two every year, you know. Yep. Contending even the with Jimmy Garoppolo games. at yeah. quarterback, and they can't win. They can't win two more games ever.
0: I, th- I mean, the the choking of Shanahan is contagious. It he follows him everywhere he goes. I think this is more of a Shanahan problem. Then it is a roster construction problem. Brock Purdy played a fantastic football game in the Super yeah. Bowl. I had no issues with him. He made a couple of big-time throws. Um And he, he uses his athleticism. He's sneaky athletic. He's a pretty good NFL quarterback. He's proven that to me this season. Overhated. Very overhated. I agree. He was right there in my MVP conversation this season.
1: Yeah, so was Dak for a little while. Yeah. So I can't say much on that. But I mean, notorious choker, Dak
0: Prescott. Notorious bad playoff quarterback, Dak Prescott.
1: Absolutely, but uh, no, I. It just goes to show, though. It's just they are not getting it done. They have the most talented, one of the most talented rosters I've seen in my life, and that might sound crazy, but I mean, look at it's them not, top to bottom. It's not wrong. Like they're normally one, right up their number, uh, near number one offense, uh, right up there, normally number one defense, if not number two. You know, yeah. and they can't win the big game, and they say, you know, oh. It, Defense wins championships. Well, they have defense and offense. They don't win championships. You have the worst, the worst Chiefs team coming in there. I'm, I'm gonna say that the worst Chiefs team yeah. they've
0: had, the worst Mahomes era Chiefs team, top to bottom, easily. And I feel like it's even more impressive that the receivers are their worst position group on the on the team. Yeah, and they might have the worst receiving room as a whole in the entire league. Up there, minus the New York Giants.
1: She rice though. It may, probably better than the Giants because of Rice. Yeah. But still, you see I think it's not, it's the Chiefs did win that game, yes, but I think the Niners also found a way to lose that game completely. Yeah. In the sense where the Chiefs didn't have to do much. They just had to watch the Niners be like, Eh, let's lose football games. <laughs> also, McCaffrey fumbled. I'm sorry. I know it didn't lead to much in the overall, like output of the game. I guess they could've scored. But it's still like the worst time for McCaffrey to fumble, and he uh, lets it happen in the Super Bowl. There's, there's some bad yeah. beat there.
0: Yeah. Uh, very uncharacteristic of McCaffrey, obviously. Yeah. Um, he still had a pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, nobody really played bad for San Francisco. It's just they, they weren't opportune down the stretch where they needed to kind of put the game away. They had several opportunities to kind of get it sort of towards that and – obviously came up short and you can't let Mahomes back into the game in any way shape or form he's going to take care of business every time we've seen that the past five seasons I I have a
1: question do
0: you think Mahomes
1: right now is one of the most
0: clutch quarterbacks in NFL history I think he's (laughs) I this sounds insane but I think he's the greatest to ever play quarterback in the NFL
1: He does it so effortlessly is the problem. Like, he doesn't seem like he would be, but he just goes out there, and if the game's on the line, you know he's going to score. There could be 13 seconds, for example. You know he's going to find a way to get it done. And he's just – I'd say Allen, you know, as a Bills fan, Allen puts his body on the line, does everything to, you know, make sure he can win, and he's reckless with it. Mahomes' reckless is literally – he's – Throwing a dart into the tightest window possible, you know, triple covered and ends up completing it.
0: Yeah, just perfect ball. He knows himself, right? So he's very confident in his ability to make those kind of plays. Yeah. Whereas Allen, I feel, just kind of says, "Oh well, eff it. Let me let me try to squeeze this in." Which, Which like works. obviously he does most of the time. Yes. But Mahomes knows exactly when to do that and when to be conservative, and he's just more fine-tuned when it comes to that kind of stuff. His
1: situational awareness is some of the best that I've seen. Yeah. And he just – he knows exactly what to do uh, anytime. As much as I hate to say it just because, you know, I am a Bills fan, it's just Mahomes is great. He's – he's what greatness is because he's the blockade. Say there wasn't a Mahomes in the league, you're going to have all these people. You're going to have Lamar have a title maybe. You're mm-hmm. going to have Allen. You're going to have Burrow that have probably gotten one, you know. Right. And – He's kind of the blockade. I mean, I know the Bengals have beaten them in the playoffs, but he's still kind of the blockade where everyone's talking, like, uh, the Brady-Manning and stuff. At least they went back and forth. Like, Mahomes is just dominating, it right. feels like.
0: Yeah, like, and, you know, Manning early in his career didn't really get it done. He didn't win one until uh, – he got drafted in 99. They didn't win the Super Bowl until 06, I believe. Yeah, he didn't make Super Bowl until seven years in his career, I believe. Right, and, like, that's we're, – we're approaching that on Allen here. I mean, I think – I don't know. I still think Mahomes is far and above better than anybody else in the yeah. NFL, whereas Brady and Manning and Rodgers and all those guys were kind of close to each other, at least skill-wise. Roethlisberger was arguably in the bottom of that tier. Hit- Breeze,
1: Yeah. Rivers.
0: Riv- I mean, Rivers was an underrated all-time NFL quarterback. He, didn't he just win, wasn't but- blessed with the coaching or the rosters at some of these he other had guys. Yeah, the
1: Chargers curse. Yeah. No, it's, it just – it hurts as a fan, though. Considering we, I went through my whole life getting dominated by Brady, and now it's kind of been like, okay, now it's Mahomes' turn to come out and dominate everyone. And it kind yeah. of seems like you know, once we're finally good, now we have a blockade to even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after all these play, it we play them in the regular season, and even if we win this year, it doesn't mean anything like going into the next season because it till we actually get it done, it it's nothing,
0: you know? Right, and they have to. I mean, every year they're going to run into the guy in the playoffs. So the moment they finally get over that hump of beating Mahomes in the postseason is the year that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Because whether you run into him in the divisional round, the conference championship, the wild card, that's the toughest game you're going to play in the postseason. Solely because of who's wearing the Chiefs quarterback's helmet. And that was a weird way of putting it. But Patrick Mahomes is your biggest obstacle. Absolutely. As a Bills fan, I will
1: say, luckily, as a Bills fan, it looks like Allen is in in it for the long run. He's even said like his greatest like a few weeks ago, he said like the greatest thing he could do is bring a championship to this city. That's all he wants. Yeah, and you know it's good to have that mentality. And I he, he works his ass off. You could tell. I mean, he goes out there and even uh, you know he has those turnovers, but he's trying to make plays, and you can tell that Buffalo kind of means everything to the guy. Yeah, so, I
0: mean, he's he's sort of become. A local, you know what I mean. He yeah. he he's very Buffalo as to where, you know, as a Steeler fan. Big Ben was very Pittsburgh. He was gritty, hardworking, um, just kind of a tough blue-collar quarterback. Josh Allen's the same way. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, pretty similar people, See, I would say. Is
1: it crazy to say that? I think even at that time, but I think Josh Allen's the most famous person in Buffalo right now. Like he's the face right now, Buffalo. Yeah. I think with Steelers it was Ben Roethlisberger for a while. Right. Even I mean him and Crosby probably for uh, you know yeah that whole chunk it was yeah those McCutcheon, two maneuvers in there yeah. So but uh, like
0: the Sabers don't have anyone close to the star level of Allen or Diggs for that matter.
1: Yeah. No, I I don't know. I we're we're going way off topic, but yeah. I just think that like embracing the city like he just embraces the city and the fans embrace him as well. And no matter what happens, the fans know that they want Allen. Mm-hmm. So I a lot of them don't want Diggs, which I still I still I like think that's Diggs. kind of
0: unwarranted. Yeah. Now.
1: And I don't know. I think we get a receiver first round. I'm excited for next year, but Mahomes I think is the most clutch and until we get over him we don't do anything. Obviously. Yeah. But it we'll
0: have to go through him to win it all. Speaking of Bills receivers, I think it's official now that Gabe Davis will not be back in Buffalo. Which is good. Um, Posted a very long goodbye to the city of Buffalo and a thank you on his socials. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I like Gabe for what he did, but I think also, like, I said he was going to be a breakout player, but I think people also gassed him, like, in the sense where it's like Big Game Gabe, you know, he had all these nicknames, but the accolades just weren't there. And it wasn't even, like, it's not like, oh, Allen's missing him, not throwing to him. He wasn't getting open. Yeah. He, like, would choose when to try or not. And I really like Gabe Davis. He's actually very underrated when it came to blocking, very good blocking receiver. But, like, if you saw his first two seasons, he was really good on, uh, I'd say, corner routes. Uh, he was really good on the sidelines, you know, just knowing where he's at. And mm-hmm. a lot of the throws Allen would make would be right at the ads where only he could hit him. But kind of shied away from that, and Gabe Davis just wasn't getting any separation. So it was to the point where he was either getting a hundred, he'd get a hundred thirty yards, get talked about by the media, big game, Gabe, things like this, you know, and then he'd disappear for five where he'd have under twenty yards. Yeah. So it's kind of like I want a guy that's more consistent. I mean, at that point he was just another Sammy Watkins, which sounds crazy, but that was yeah, the same I mean, thing with Sammy where he'd have wow a great game. Look where we drafted. We didn't we drafted Gabe Davis in like the fifth round, but it's still you, he has a great game. He gets talked about, but then. Where is he the rest of the time? So we just need more consistency. I'll say Khalil Shakir was a guy that was at least consistent. And Kincaid were two consistent guys where they were getting 50-plus yards a game. Uh, Shakir, you know, in the slot. And sometimes he'd have 50, sometimes, I mean, 30 at the low. But for the third receiver, the slot receiver, he went from 30 to 110. That was every game. He didn't get held under 10 yards sometimes like Gabe Davis would. So, I love Gabe Davis, and I wish the best for him because he is a fun guy, but at the same time, um, I think it is time for us to get a new receiver there. Yeah. I was hoping he turned out to be more.
0: I'll say this. I think Khalil Shakir has an interesting opportunity for this upcoming season. Um, the way he responds to the larger role he'll obviously be receiving will determine his future with Buffalo. Will he be just a slot guy, a gadget guy, kind of a a, a Cole Beasley, but like, more usage obviously or will he become an outside z receiver to pair with Steph Diggs or whoever the next receiver they decide to bring in will be so interesting uh avenues for Khalil Shakir this year I am excited to see how he progresses going into year 2 or is it year 3
1: Uh year 3 now Yeah
0: it'll be year 3 for Shakir um Gabe Davis well I'll talk about Gabe Davis I think Early on in his career, he looked very promising. But Absolutely. he's never been an elite separator. He's actually been pretty poor at yep. separation. And he's had that issue his entire NFL career. Mostly because that he's probably average to maybe a little below average in speed relative to the rest of the receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of his frame. He's obviously a big guy. I think What is he, 6'3", 6'4"? 6'4". Yeah, and, like, those are the type of guys that... Like DeAndre Hopkins is big receiver. Amari Cooper, a big receiver. Um, Michael Pittman. Those guys all are very skilled with their feet and they're very, very good route runners, especially at the intermediate levels. Yep. And Gabe Davis is more of a one trick pony to like, as you said, good at corner routes. Corners obviously watch film and know that. They're gonna take that away. He's gotta learn more routes in the tree well, to become an elite two. Number two option in the league.
1: I'd say the biggest problem with him is he kind of was a deep ball receiver, <clears throat> right? And if you're a big physical guy, you can you can catch deep balls and stuff. You see it with like people like DK Metcalf, but Metcalf could also he's very good at the like the mid routes as well. Uh, the mid and even sometimes short. You can see sometimes with screens. Gabe Davis didn't really add any of that. So yeah. when you're a big guy and can only do deep routes, that takes away a lot of your physicality because, you know, that's normally you have Tyreek Hill. That's his thing, you know. Yeah. Well, obviously the best of it, but he's quick. Gabe Davis wasn't speedy like that, and he could break away, but he's not, you know, he, he's not going up for high points or anything if he's just doing streak stole game or right. doing, like, he's, deep post.
0: He's not overly athletic when it comes to NFL wide receivers, especially yeah. those with the name value of his. Um, I, I just, I don't, I've watched film on him. I don't think his feet are great Well, <clears> that's compared what... to obviously the rest of the receivers on the roster. Shakir has outstanding routes. Diggs is the crispest route runner of our era, in I, my opinion, yeah. other than Antonio Brown. So I mean, Adam compared to those guys, but even compared to the rest of the NFL, I think he needs a lot of work expanding his route tree and he's physically gifted. I would say get a little faster. I mean, it's tough to get faster when you're already 24, 25 in the NFL. Yeah. But it's definitely something he can work on, explosion-wise at least. So He's I, not, like, overly physical either for a guy of his size. I mean, look what he did to Minka.
1: Pass that, though. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I'm not wrong, though. He did kind of...
0: I mean, that was just a ball that was he yeah. took out of his hands. Like, what physical mean? as in... Like, physical, I mean physical to as where, like, he's going to go up and... Catch those 50 50 balls and yes. Which kind Diggs of could do. run corners off the line of scrimmage.
1: See, Diggs was good at that even in 50 50s. I mean, other than that Chiefs game, but that's kind of, he could be trusted with those as well, even being a smaller receiver. And you, yeah. But with Gabe Davis, a lot of it was why he's on these streaks, why he's on these posts is because it doesn't take a lot of double moves, not a lot of cuts or anything. He's not good at cutting, so they were just like, okay, do what you're good at. And he, didn't really develop like I thought he would because I said that he was going to break out. There's a few players I've whiffed on. I said Singletary would break out.
0: Which he did, just not in Buffalo.
1: Just not in Buffalo because I could see the talent there. Another one that I whiffed on, Isaiah McKenzie. He had the talent. He showed it that he showed before that he had talent with multiple three-touchdown games. I believe three of them for yeah. us. And then um, Diggs. Or not Diggs, not Diggs. Davis. Where Davis, I said, would break out and then didn't. There were a few that I said would and did. But, um, like Trey White. But... It's just some of these guys show all the stuff, but they don't always ever put it together necessarily right. or and work I think harder.
0: That's a good example of what Kyrie Elam has been so far. Yes. He's very toolsy, obviously. You have to be to get drafted in the first round as a corner. Um, but obviously he was very raw coming out of the draft, and he still has a long way to go He's to be young. an NFL starting caliber corner.
1: He's going into his third year. Um, which, yes, I agree with that. But, I mean, we can pick up a 50-year option if we need to, but he has two years to prove himself and go out. I will say when he does play, he does make. He can make plays, but he also gets burnt. So he just needs to work a lot on his zone coverage. Because where his zone defense, he's more of a man corner, physical, right. good press corner. And so. I
0: think it's not really his fault that he got put in that situation. Obviously, the Bills wanted uh, McDuffie. McDuffie, and the Chiefs snagged him. So good. And they are kind of panic-picked, Elam. So Elam not the greatest good, scheme fit. But- uh
1: but he's not mcduffie it's, right. it's a scheme fit like you put him in a different if you put him on a different defense i think he would thrive
0: yeah you put him in a defense like pittsburgh that runs yep. the three four who plays a lot of man coverage um, pressure. i think that's a decent fit but like yeah. i don't want him, obviously but like
1: <laughs> but no um anyway i think that the bills should get hear me out in the draft um I think they should get someone like targeted like Keon Coleman, I think could possibly fall to them. Or if not, they could trade up a few picks where he's kind of the same build as Davis, but he does have some, you know, route running like technicalities and stuff. That would be a really good fit for Buffalo. I think, yeah. uh, especially with Shakir stepping in, you see some of these smaller receivers. Um, these slot receivers have been really good for Allen, like these safety nets, Cole Beasley, almost mm-hmm. had, was John just, Brown was awesome. Just under a thousand yards. Small guy. John Brown had over a thousand yards with us before, uh, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie added a lot to the offense with his speed. Even mm-hmm. though he didn't have over 1,000, he still was like a 600-yard receiver.
0: Manny Sanders was okay for Buffalo.
1: Emmanuel Sanders for a little while was too, yeah. yeah. Uh, first half of the year, and then uh, he was kind of overshadowed. Yeah. But I think Shakir does add that. But I think that getting rid of the big guy, uh, Allen when Allen Davis was actually not – I'd say – not comfortable in the sense where he was still working. You could tell that I think he got too comfortable mm-hmm. um, when he was still working, t- trying to prove himself. I think that he was, he was what we'd want with like a physical receiver, and I think we need a big guy. So I think someone like Keon Coleman would be a great fit because that's where I mean where we're drafting is kind of where he's projected, like twenty right. 29th. ninth. So mm-hmm. I think Mel Kiper had him twenty five, but what's Mel Kiper now? Um, a lot, but more than me. But yeah. <laughs> at the end, it's all just reaching. So.
0: I also think that uh, Xavier Worthy would be a decent pick for Buffalo. Um, He has more of a high second-round grade right now, but Buffalo has been known to dip into those kind of guys in the late first round. Um, I think he can learn a lot from Steph Diggs. Uh, Standout college player was worthy. Coleman also, but there's a couple of names there at the end of the first round. Brian Thomas from LSU. Yep.
1: Um, See, I hope it's Brian Thomas or Keon Coleman. I mean, Rome, Malik Nevers, Marvin Harrison, they're all going to go really they'll high. They'll be gone, yeah. Um, my only thing is uh, Xavier Worthy, 6'1", 172. Right. Um, Brian he's Tom- he's Bri- smaller. Yeah, Brian Thomas, 6'4", 205. Yeah. Brian
0: Thomas or Ke- Keon Coleman, yeah. 6'4",
1: 215. So either one of those guys I think would be – I think that's where Buffalo is going to actually end up targeting. Um. If not, they'll probably go like a Mitchell, who's six four as well.
0: He's actually also a very good receiver. There's he so was almost arguably better than Xavier Worthy was.
1: Well, you and then if they go later, that you have like Troy Franklin from Oregon. You have Xavier. How do you say Leggett? How do you say that? Like I, I think it's Leggett. Leggett. I can never Leggett. Leggett. I'm very bad with these college players sometimes. But you, you have taller guys, and I think they're gonna end up going for one of them. So. I think that's where they're going first round to try and fill that hole. But uh, we're 20 minutes in and we said this would be brief. So I'm going to start naming you players and I'm going to ask you where you think they're going. First if off,
0: where do I think they should go or where do I think they'll will where you I'll, I'll give you my best fit. How's that? Russell Wilson. All right. We're starting off hot here. Yeah. I think his best fit for him would be a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform. Um, they need a quarterback. He needs a place to go that will trust him. I think that a veteran quarterback would make the Steelers division contenders. Um Yeah, I mean I don't I don't I think Russ Wilson had a solid season last year. He was like twenty three touchdowns, eight picks. Which the Steelers need. a guy who throws touchdowns and limits his picks. Kenny Pickett through
1: Wilson had even not very really
0: many, many but he also threw only six touchdowns. So like I'll take that trade off any day of the week.
1: Yeah. Um, where do you think he's going to go though?
0: It's really tough to tell. Um, there was an ESPN insider today that came out with a report that said he will be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, I could also see him going to Atlanta. Yeah. I could see him going to Minnesota potentially, uh, Maybe New England. There's a couple spots.
1: See, why I'm gonna rule out New England is just because new coach. I think he's gonna try and stick it not to an older player, right. such as a Wilson. I do see the Falcons, and if the Buccaneers don't keep um, Baker Mayfield, I could see them going that direction too. Yeah. Um, I have Justin Fields next, just because Justin Fields is up there. I do. If he doesn't stay in Chicago, you know. I have him on the going to the Steelers if they decide to make a move.
0: I also think that's a good fit for Justin Fields, but I'm going to put two teams on the top tier of best fits for him. I think Atlanta's right there with him. Um, Atlanta, new coach, they would like to get a athletic quarterback to go with all those weapons. I think Justin Fields kind of fits the mold of what Atlanta was trying to do last year with Arthur Smith, and that's kind of the reason why I also think the Steelers are a good fit. Yep, Obviously, Arthur Smith. Uh, dips very heavily into the running game and he attempted to at least put some quarterback design runs in for Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter didn't work out the way he wanted to but then again um, the offensive coordinating was very incompetent when Arthur Smith was in Atlanta also absolutely so I don't know I think Steelers and Falcons are good fits for Justin Fields Um, maybe New England also Yep. If they don't get a quarterback, which I don't think they will, because I think ultimately uh, the top two quarterbacks are going to go one two.
1: Yes, no, uh, I I agree with that. Um, I said that the Steelers just I could see them really make the move if they got a Fields, they'd be kind of set, and they'd give up good, they'd give up a lot of draft capital. I think four Fields, and I think that's why they could the Bears could trade and do that. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Fields is definitely gone because you're not going to keep a guy who costs that much money to be your backup quarterback when you're trying to rebuild. And you have the number one overall pick. Um, Obviously not their pick, but they still weren't a great football team. Um, And if you draft Caleb Williams, you're not going to bench Caleb Williams drafting him 1-1. Arguably, this is why I say arguably because I don't agree with this, but people are saying he's the best quarterback prospect in a long time gonna, since Andrew Luck.
1: See, we're going to, you can come back to this. I'm going to say this is a crazy take. Caleb Williams will bust. Crazy take just
0: because I, I, you
1: know, I'm going to put him in there with categories like Leaf. But uh, you, I don't
0: think he's going to be what, okay, I'll say this. He'll be a serviceable NFL starting quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be good. Like, I would put him maybe like uh, Baker with the Browns type. Of quarterback,
1: I don't know. I, I could see him like a little better, but like some of these top prospects before, such as like Case Keenum and such. Uh, I mean, obviously Ryan Leaf, but you. I feel like I don't think he's going to be what people think, and I don't think he's ever going to be Justin Fields. I yeah. think he's going to be a solid quarterback, but I just don't see him being worthy of a number one overall.
0: He he puts up gaudy numbers, right? But then again, he plays in the Pac-12, where all these offenses are designed. To help quarterbacks succeed against weak secondaries. Um, Didn't even win. And, like, the the NFL's full of good corners and good... I mean, there's a lot... There's good corners that arise every single season. Um, And he's going to literally the worst possible spot, besides Cleveland, for NFL quarterbacks. So it's going to be really tough for him to adjust And from being coddled so much in college. I'm just not a big fan of him, obviously, because he went to USC... That's a big reason why. But, like, watching him play Notre Dame, he didn't impress me at all.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I I agree. And I feel like a lot of games down the stretch, like, at the beginning of the year, he was impressive. But I feel like he also kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, where, surprisingly, they didn't hurt his draft capital, but where they were actually losing games. And I feel like he was throwing picks and wasn't looking as good as what these— A lot of these uh, scouts were actually saying he wasn't watching the film, and I still think he was, you know, great in college. I just don't think he's going to turn out to be what people are saying
0: right now. He doesn't really have any excuses either because he had Jordan Addison, who won the Bletnikoff Award the year prior, and Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry Rice, who's going to be a top three-round NFL draft choice also this year. So, I don't know, man. Um, Not great.
1: Um, who do I have next? Uh, Mike Evans.
0: So, this is a really interesting one because I think he either stays with Tampa or he goes to a powerhouse team like the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs would be his best fit if they could find a way to afford him. Mm -hmm. They really, really desperately need an elite wide receiver. Uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously had a really successful career in Tampa, so, Going back there wouldn't be the worst idea for him either. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say either Tampa Bay or Kansas City for Mike Evans.
1: I I I have the Chiefs on there, and I think this one's also a long shot. I think the Giants might. Yeah, I mean, I'll, if I'll they overpay later, for him, sure. But I think the Giants could definitely j- dump a bunch of money into a receiver this year. Just yeah. to be like, guys, guys, you know, it was just a bad year. Daniel Jones was hurt. Like our team was hurt. So, yeah.
0: Dable's going to try to do everything he can to salvage his job. Also, so.
1: yeah. That's why I think that he's going to end up going, or I feel like someone like him, and I'll I'll mention next one, um, Calvin Ridley as well is going to be a free agent. I said that, uh, I'll just go in there, I said Calvin Ridley could uh, become a giant as well, Mm. Um, or I could see the Steelers actually going after another, just go after another receiver in free agency if they can.
0: So the no. thing about that is like, the Steelers like to get receivers in-house, like draft them and develop them. Mm-hmm. They find a lot of gems. They're really high on Calvin Austin III, as am I. I think he is an elite separator. He just wasn't given the opportunity as it was really his first full season. He didn't play his rookie year because of injury. Um, I think Calvin Ridley ends up staying with the Jags. I don't think he's been in as good of a situation as he was in Jacksonville. They have a little bit of money to spend on him. I think they'll do everything in their power to keep him around for Trevor Lawrence's development. Mm -hmm.
1: See, I have them getting rid of him, but also going after someone like Hollywood Brown, another speedy receiver, Uh, because Calvin Ridley, he was solid with them, but I feel like he didn't quite fit them uh, exactly like I thought he would going into there, where he had a few solid games, but he also had quite a few games, I mean, injuries-bearing. But in Jacksonville, where he just wasn't really producing anything, so it was kind of hit or miss. Uh, so I kind of saw them kind of moving on trying to get someone else. Um, I have a lot of receivers on this. Uh, two of them I have the the team's keeping. One of them is Odell. Uh, contention, I think the Ravens are going to try and sign him back. I agree. I think he stays had, with Baltimore. They came off a really good season.
0: And, like, it's the first full season where he didn't really get mad at anybody. So, like, I think he stays there. Yeah. No,
1: I, I, and I think that he it was actually enjoy like enjoying his time there and wants to run it back. Um, Another one that I think that could stay is I have Michael Pittman possibly staying uh, despite all the rumors just because the Colts have Anthony Richardson. I think that with the young quarterback like that coming back next year, I think they're going to try and do anything they like can to keep their number one receiver there. Yeah,
0: And he, he actually he loves it there too. I watch yeah. his uh, – he does vlogs on YouTube, him and his wife. And he loves the city of Indianapolis. He's a big guy in the community in Indy. He – has had success in Indianapolis. He's been a pro bowl wide receiver there. Um, I think he probably stays there or I could see the thing about the bills is they don't have the cap space, but he would be such a good fit in Buffalo he as be. their number two receiver. Yeah. But if they could find a way to make it work with the cap, yeah, I think Buffalo would be a great fit for him.
1: So I had them going after someone else with the cap, and I, I said this is a crazy take, but because I think Bean's really good at managing the cap and restructuring contracts, I said that um, since Hyde's retiring that I could see them going after, like, an Antoine Winfield. Which, uh, yeah, I mean,
0: because young I, safety. It would
1: be a lot, but that safety would provide them, or he'd provide them, a, you know, he'd be a solid safety for a good 10 years there probably. He and, would fill
0: the void of what they missed last year. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I think that would be perfect for their secondary. I know it would be a long shot for them to get him, but they are also losing contracts of people like Gabe Davis and uh, such other players, and I know they're restructuring and getting rid of some of them. Yeah. I think um, if they can find a way to get like Von Miller's contract down a little the bit. Thing,
0: yeah, that's the big issue right now in Buffalo is they really can't get his contract off the books yep. unless they trade him, which will not happen because nobody wants Von Miller and his contract.
1: I th- I think what they're gonna end up doing is I think they'll come to a deal with Von Miller where it's like pushed down the line or something like it's still guaranteed money.
0: They're gonna have to, right? But
1: I think they'll make it guaranteed like next year or something or so. You know they'll restructure it in that way. And I think Von will just at this point of his career. So I guess we'll see. But I that's my long shot one it, for the Bills is I could see them trying to replace the void of Hyde with Antoine Winfield. Yeah. Um, who we were just talked about though, it, actually, where do you think Winfield's going?
0: Before? Um. You know, I could see going to Buffalo. I mean, that's definitely a good scheme fit. Uh, he's been successful in Tampa. Safeties are hard to predict because we saw last year Jesse Bates, the best safety that the Bengals have probably ever had, right? Yes. I mean, he's, he was a top three safety in the league, and he just gets up and goes to Atlanta, which I felt like was a weird fit. Had a great season, though. He had so a great Shout out to ball. him. Um, I, I'll say he stays with Tampa just because it's so unpredictable.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I have a, the person we just talked about, though, um, Gabe Davis. Hear me out. I know they might draft Marvin Harrison Jr. if they trade Fields, but I could see them also going for Gabe Davis. Uh, they've previously gotten other Buffalo players, most uh, notably uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. But with the, I, you know, they have a lot of money to work with, stuff. I think that they could go, especially if they're getting Williams and just load up on weapons and get two of them, get someone like a Gabe Davis. You know, they'll because it'd be Gabe Davis would be more. They'd have Komet and then they'd have Marvin Harrison. Uh, so I think, and then with the rest of their picks, I can see them going like O line or probably some defense but um I could see them going after Gabe Davis and I Mm -hmm. think that's where he would end up I think he's a good fit there so
0: you know this is another weird one for me because it would be kind of like a very odd move laterally for him to do this I could see Gabe Davis also going to Kansas City and being their number two wide receiver Mm-hmm. Uh, it would make sense for them, especially having Rice and then, like I said, signing like Mike Evans. He would have less pressure. He also would have Travis Kelsey taking up some coverages. Um, maybe on a one-year prove-it kind of deal, kind of like Juju did. Which, well, uh, a deal I'm like that, maybe Juju. to Kansas City.
1: I thought Juju was going to kind of revitalize his career. Yeah, he and fell. he had a good year
0: with KC, but he's been awful last year with the Pats. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah, sad year for him with the Pats. Yeah. Um, Next, I have Derrick Henry. I could see him going to a contender, and with a run-heavy team, I could see him doing a one-year deal with, like, the Ravens. That's
0: what I thought, too. Just I think it's either Buffalo or Baltimore for Derrick Henry. I
1: don't see Buffalo going after him because I think they have a lot of trust behind James Cook right now. They do, yeah. So I, I really think that, like, the Ravens – I mean, the Ravens have um Gus Edwards. They have Dobbins if he ever stays on the field. Um, I really could see them just getting Henry to go in there and just have the most powerful run offense because mm-hmm. they already did, really. Another sneaky
0: team on the lookout here for Derrick Henry, I think maybe the Houston Texans.
1: I It's ha- a team
0: that made the playoffs. They're really lacking a powerful runner because Damian Pierce hasn't been what they thought. Yep. Um, They have a ton of cap space. I think that could be a two- or three-year bridge deal for him.
1: I put another guy on the Texans. I put Josh Jacobs on Texans. Josh Jacobs, because I going into free agency this year, I think that you know uh, Josh Jacobs leaving. I think that Texans want to get someone because he's still relatively young and still has enough fuel in the tank. And after last year, I think he'd be a little cheaper than some of the other guys that they could get. Um, So I think that I mean running backs really aren't that expensive, but I think that they might sign Josh Jacobs. But I could also see him staying or going to. I mean, a handful of other teams. Maybe Chargers try and rip, uh, go after Minnesota. them and replays. Uh New England, maybe. Uh, if, just because, you know, they want another back other than Ramondre. Uh, you know, new coach. So, there's a few places. but
0: I'm going to say that he stays with Las Vegas because Antonio Pierce is full-time. Yes. Just for
1: now. I think it, I, I had uh, a different running back going to the Raiders as well. So, I'm bounced around completely. Uh, I said Saquon's going to be a Raider.
0: Oh, that's an interesting one. I definitely think he's leaving New York.
1: I don't think he wants to be in New York after everything, and I feel like he, with the whole thing last year with trying to get a deal and, you know, I guess the whole running back strike and all of that, I feel like he kind of got screwed over a little bit, and I think yeah. he's kind of sick of it. I think he's going to try and go elsewhere this year. So
0: This is going to be crazy out of me, but hear me out. It's a team that lost a franchise running back a year ago, didn't get the production they had hoped out of their replacement this past season. I could see Saquon Barkley going to the Dallas Cowboys.
1: I could see it, actually.
0: Because you know Jerry Jones loves to go out and make a splash every year, sign a big name that's maybe a little past his prime or a little more than he's worth, pay Mm -hmm. him a bunch of money. That could be a very sneaky place for Saquon to go. I wouldn't mind it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you could have I mean, they're not going to do
1: anything in the playoffs. No. Um, no, I like that. I like that take a lot. Um, yeah, there's a few. Pla- Sa- Sa- Saquon's going to be one that kind of shakes up the not doesn't shake up the league, but it does. Sh- it will shake a, a few yeah, things. Yeah, to get a lot of interest. Yeah, and rightfully so. I could even see. I could see any team interested in Saquon Barkley, honestly, yeah. because with what he provides. Um. Next up, I have Tony Pollard, uh, just because we were talking about him. I see him. That just screams Patriots to me. A they yeah, are going to revitalize
0: himself. Yep. Patriots, Vikings, you know, um, Washington. Washington is another one I could see.
1: Uh, even, but it's a rival. That's why I'm like, eh, we'll see. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. Tony Pollard could definitely revitalize his career because there were a few plays that I saw. There were a lot of plays this year, actually. Like it'd be a picture of him in open space, and it'd be like he didn't score here. Yeah. And it'd be like four yards away, no one with it, it, like on the outside, and he'd cut inside, and things that he just. I feel like he needs to deal somewhere, kind of as like a reset switch, because he looked so good when he was behind Zeke, and it was like he's gonna be the future. And I said that Pollard is the best running back there, and then he had a chance to prove himself this year, and he kind of just said nah.
0: Yeah. Um. I think he's in a very similar spot as Austin Eckler as to where very good fantasy football running back, not a really good actual running back. back. Below average to poor vision even for both of those guys, but they both catch enough passes where they're very valuable in fantasy football, especially in PPR leagues, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people are confusing with actually being a good NFL running back these days because of the casual takes from some of these clowns.
1: Yeah, just because you catch the ball ten times a game and get three yards doesn't mean you're a good running back. Exactly. Uh, His
0: efficiency was atrocious this he's year. He's not a good runner. No, neither is Eckler. Eckler's never been a good oh, in between tackles runner. I was talking about Eckler.
1: I meant Eckler
0: is not a good runner. Oh, yeah. Pollard's not either.
1: Eckler, I will say, though, um, I mean, he, he did break off a lot in the past game. Uh, but what I was going to say about Eckler is, to me, he's a giant.
0: That screams Giants, doesn't it?
1: That, I feel like it does scream Giants. I don't know why, but it. Just, I, he's not staying with the Chargers. It's clear that they kind of want to move on, I think. and
0: Which rightfully so. I mean, yes. that's, they're uh, going to need to get a replacement probably through the draft.
1: I feel like it's going to be a lot of these teams that lose their running back are going to pick up another team's running back, and I think they're kind of just all going to swap and congregate. Yeah, I can
0: see regions. that for sure.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. But I agree with your take completely with Pollard and Eckler. He's, they're good. I mean... They're good hybrid running backs, but they're not good running back running backs. The only one that does both well, like really well, is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah,
0: and he might be it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing about them also is they're not not big. They're very small and undersized for their position. So they're going to get wear and tear, and I think that's most of the reason why they don't get used in the run game uh, as efficiently as, say, McCaffrey. McCaffrey's built way better than those guys. Yeah. He's yeah, so he muscular. He's a little bigger. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry has been pretty durable for his usage rate. Uh, Najee never missed a game. Like These big running backs, I think we're going to start to see them get back into the fold here because, as you know, with basketball, like the game's always changing. There's always these cycles of how these teams are going to get an edge. Um, so, you know, I think... I think the big These pass-catching fantasy backs are going to start to phase out.
1: Yeah, because a lot of people—where a lot of people struggled this year, I mean, unless you're the Eagles, red zone was a big problem because a lot of people didn't have these big backs that could just power through and score. So, just the threat of having that—I mean, you even saw with Derrick Henry sometimes, like, the threat of that, he passed for a few touchdowns because everyone thought he's going to—we have to stack the box and bulldoze because otherwise he's just going to walk in. Yeah,
0: he's— On the minds of everybody, they're like, oh, I have to tackle this guy. And it's a mindset, you know? you got to want to tackle Derrick Henry or else you're not going to tackle Derrick Henry.
1: No, I I completely agree, and I think that it will shift. um, But I think it will be a little bit of time still Yeah, uh, as it evolves because right now I think the running back just in general is going to be very undervalued for about three, four years, and I think it's going to come back. But I think right now, teams are like, I don't need a running back, and I feel like that will change eventually. Yeah. Uh, cause name so If you look had... at the
0: two teams in the Super Bowl, they both had very good running backs that yes. they used a lot. And also the Ravens, they, I mean, they kind of do it through their quarterback, but they value the run game. Mm-hmm. The Lions value the run game with Montgomery and Gibbs. I think Gibbs is a pass-catching back who is good between the tackles. He's got good vision. Yes. That's why he went in the first round. Um,
1: Everyone hated on it, but he he really is a yeah, good player. Even including
0: us. I will say, we didn't love the pick.
1: I think they could have got better value but yeah. because they still used Montgomery a lot. They did. But it is what it is. Gibbs will be there for a while. We knew he'd be there for a while. We just thought they could have gotten better value. Yeah. Um. Next up, I have Jalen Johnson, and I don't think he's going to be a Steeler to start off. Uh,
0: I do. I really do because I think the Steelers are going to go out and sign – a big-name corner. That is a given. It's either going to be Jay, or not um, Jadarius need or Jalen Johnson.
1: I have Sneed going to the Steelers.
0: Either one I would be fine with. They're going to need another corner beside Porter, and that's not going to be Pat Pete. It's not going to be Levi Wallace.
1: I have Jalen Johnson going to a division rival. He's going to be a lion in my eyes.
0: I could definitely see that also. Jeff Okuda didn't work out the way they had hoped. Yep. Uh, Gardner Johnson banged up. He's going to need some help as he recovers and gets back into the fold. And it's already a really good Lions defense mm-hmm. and a really good Lions team. And the addition of an elite corner like Jalen Johnson would just put them over the uh, the hump for me. If he
1: goes to an elite team like the Lions, crazy statement, but, I mean, it is true now. If he goes to an elite team, like a building team like the Lions, especially with a young player that he is, that kind of fit their mold. But it would also give him so much recognition that he doesn't currently get. Yeah. So, I feel like he is the w- one of the most underappreciated players in the league. Also, we're 45 minutes in. Hmm. So, I'm going to speed through these so we can actually do some baseball real quick and then some basketball. Uh, Josh Allen's the next one I have on the Jags. I think he stays. I think he's going to be a Bronco. Maybe. Just because he's such a big talent player, or, uh, a big splash player, and they don't have any draft cap, though. I think they go out and sign a veteran player. I like mean, that. yeah,
0: that's a good idea if you're Denver. I could uh, definitely see the
1: it. The last one I have is T. Higgins, and
0: he stays. I think they franchise tagged T. Higgins officially. Actually, yeah, or they said they're going to.
1: Okay, then, uh, it's a question on whether they will right now.
0: Um, if n- if not, it. that is the one guy in free agency that I think literally every single team in the NFL will have interest in, because he's such a you know what he is. He is a very good number two receiver and a lot of teams could use the number two receiver.
1: If he does not stay, I think he becomes a number one somewhere in one nowhere. It screams Patriots to me for a first year head coach to go you out. You know and get what? T. Like that's not
0: the worst call. I also could see him becoming a number two next to Garrett Wilson in New York. Absolutely.
1: I could I could definitely see that one. Uh I think it'll be fun though cuz T Higgins, I mean is Boyd is Boyd a free agent yet? Or?
0: yeah, he. I think they're letting him and Mixon walk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's it's gonna be different for them going forward.
0: If the Steelers were to sign a free agent receiver, it would be Tyler Boyd. He's from Pittsburgh. He went to Pitt. I like Tyler Boyd. I
1: I, I have love for him, and you know why. Yes. Okay. Uh, we're done with football. Yeah, screw football. We're gonna start with <laughs> some baseball right now. Uh, we're gonna do some division stuff first. Uh, before divisions. Uh. Did you see uh, Jayla Cruz uh, shattered Hunter Green's window?
0: I did. That's Henry all- Davis also shattered a window at BP.
1: I did not see that. That's awesome. We love that for the sport. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but first off, we're gonna. You want to start in the NL or the AL?
0: Let's do the AL first.
1: Okay, we'll start with the AL East.
0: Okay, you wanna go bottom to top? Sure. All right, we'll give a brief synopsis of why. Uh, I think the Red Sox finished last in this division. Yes. Not because they're a bad team. I think they hover around the 80-win mark, but this is probably the best division in all of baseball. Yep. Uh, fourth place, give me the Blue Jays. I think this is a really, really talented team. However, the top three teams in this division are unbelievable. I think they just miss out on the playoffs. They win like 83-84 games. Uh, the Rays in third for me. I think the Rays always find a way to get into the playoffs. I think this year will be no different. Two wildcard teams will come out of the American League East. Yes. It'll be the Rays, and I believe the second-place team in this division will be the Yankees. Yep, The Yankees, very, very top-heavy in their lineup. Their whole outfield, which was Verdugo, Judge, and Soto, are probably their three best hitters also. And it kind of falls off a cliff after that. I mean, Rizzo had a down year. LeMahieu has completely fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Um, Jason Dominguez out for the year because of his elbow injury. Uh, they got the dec- they got decent pitching. I mean, Garrett Cole is going to carry that rotation, obviously. Yep. Their bullpen, meh. But having Judge and Soto will at least get them second in this division. And then at first is America's team right now, the Baltimore Orioles, coming off a really good season. They made the playoffs last year after being the worst team in baseball for numerous years. Uh, best farm system still in the entire majors and – We're going to see the debut of Jackson Holiday this year, which I'm really excited about. Absolutely, Uh, Adley Rutschman is going to be an MVP candidate for this team this year. They just traded for Corbin Burns, which Cy Young candidate immediately for the Orioles, and that's already a really good pitching rotation to go with a great bullpen. They assigned Craig Kimbrell to replace Felix Bautista, who was out for the season, but that might even be an upgrade.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go in there and say um, almost the same. Almost the same. I have uh, Red Sox. Okay. And then I have the Rays. In fourth. Then, in I can fourth see it. In Toronto. Yeah. And then I have Yankees-Baltimore.
0: Obviously, we're not going to talk about why he's absent, but the absence of Wander Franco will hurt the Rays this year. He was their best yes. player.
1: Um, my thing is Toronto and the Rays, they're very, I think they're going to be very close within two to three games. I think they'll h- both hover around like the 82 to 85 win mark. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it could go either way, but for me, I just personally like Toronto coming out, uh, coming out and winning it this year. Uh, I see the Yankees bouncing rebound the second, just cause I feel like last year they had a very embarrassing year for the program. Yep. So I think it's kind of like a, let's not let that happen again. That was a long time. <laughs> I think
0: this is Aaron Boone's last chance with the Yankees.
1: Yeah. And, uh, if I mean, if he can't get anything done this year, I think he's gone. Yep. So I think it's kind of going to be like they're either going to do really good or they're, it's going to blow up. Yeah. So um, I guess that's where we're at there. But I think, you know, I think we're pretty similar with it, and I could see it going both ways. I mean, if the Rays do end up doing better than Toronto, I mean, it, it looks probably likely that way. But for me personally, I do have Toronto. Yeah, over I
0: mean, it could definitely go either way. And I could even see the Rays being ahead of the Yankees. Or the Blue Jays being ahead of both of them, like it's that tight in this division because everyone's pretty good. The Red Sox could go ahead and freaking win the thing. Who knows, man? It's a really good division, top to bottom.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next I have the AL West. I'm gonna do. Uh, we're gonna go East, West, then Central because Central's the most exciting division in baseball. Yeah. Um, for the
0: worst reasons, but.
1: Yes. Uh, the AL West. Uh, I'm just gonna put it out there. In last place is gonna be Oakland. Yeah, if um, you
0: want to call them that. <laughs>
1: if, if you want to call them that, when are they going to Vegas? Is it set yet? Or uh, I think it's twenty twenty seven.
0: Twenty twenty seven.
1: Okay, we we have baseball team uh, right now with uh, the Athletics, but they're they're kind of there.
0: Yeah, then, I seriously, this could end up being a forty five to fifty win team. That's they're that bad.
1: And then we're gonna have the Angels. The Angels are gonna be a sad team again.
0: Yeah, um, I think the Angels probably get about seventy six to 79 wins in that mark
1: there it, it's just it's gonna be a without Otani hear me out it's just gonna be a depressing season for them yeah the fan the fans are gonna go way down I mean they have Trout but Trout hasn't
0: and I, he's not he's great but he's not what he once was either which is very sad to see because the injuries have kind of caught up to him now in this point of his career which really
1: sucks but it's the Angels are they don't do anything. They had, You had Otani, and you had Trout, and you didn't make the playoffs any of those years. It's just sad. You have two best players in the sport. Some are saying generation, like generational, like best they've seen in their lifetimes. Yeah. And you're not winning playoff games. You're not making playoffs.
0: This franchise will forever be known as the team that wasted Mike Trout's career. Absolutely. For the rest of time.
1: Next up, I have Seattle.
0: I also have Seattle in third place. I think we're going to be pretty similar on this one.
1: I I like the Mariners. Don't get me wrong. I I I think
0: that is a team that if three AL East teams don't make the playoffs, the Mariners will take one of their spots.
1: Yes, and the Mariners are still young. I think the Mariners are going to win quite a few games, but I don't think they're better than the top two teams. Number two, I have Texas.
0: I also have Texas, number two.
1: And Texas in a lot of divisions could be number one, but Houston always comes out, and they're always contenders, and I think that Houston's number one for a good reason. Their lineup's just crazy. Yeah. So I mean, yes,
0: the Rangers won the World Series. Yes. They got very hot down the stretch. But over a course of a 162 game season, you cannot bet against the Houston Astros.
1: Yes. That's where I'm at and I think that baseball's a sport where you can get hot at the right time yep. no matter what.
0: They totally did. So did but Arizona.
1: If we're talking division standings, I don't think Houston's going to drop it. I, yeah. I just don't think They're going to have
0: to prove it to me before they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know, there's not much to say there. I think this division's pretty laid out or laid out as i think it's going to be and i don't think there is going to be much variance the athletics are going to be last yes angels, angels are will
0: going be fourth no matter what yes. and then the other three, other three you can mix and match but it's a pretty good idea of where yeah. they'll be also
1: uh okay al central this is not a fun division uh last place uh i have kansas city
0: i have detroit
1: you have detroit i, I think
0: detroit just is very blah right now nothing excites me about the tigers
1: okay hear me out the detroit tigers are one of the probably three most forgettable teams in all of sports yeah nobody there I have never met a Tigers fan in my life
0: I really haven't either
1: I, I'm sorry the Tigers really do sound
0: like a minor league team
1: yeah it's so generic but I, I just nothing has ever excited me about them not now the uniforms, gone not there's nothing
0: to watch in Detroit
1: absolutely so um I can see Detroit last I have I have Kansas City then I have Cleveland. I don't think. That, wow. I'm disrespecting them. I don't wow. think Cleveland's gonna be good. I don't think any of these teams really excite me. I, these teams just don't excite me.
0: No, these teams are bad.
1: These teams are all bad, and I think they, the bottom three could all switch. Oh, um, uh, I don't know.
0: You go first, and then I'll tell you my order.
1: Oh wait! Oh my God, I messed up! Oh my God, I did mess up. I actually I had Kansas City. I had Chicago. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota.
0: Detroit in second.
1: Detroit in second, and I don't think it's a good second. They're not making the playoffs.
0: All right. Hot take Nate here on the Booth Review.
1: I don't watch baseball much either. but No, no.
0: I mean, this division's the worst in baseball, including the NL Central, which we'll get to. But my order, I have the Tigers in last with, like, 60 wins. Okay. Then I'm going to go to the White Sox. Not much better. Mm -hmm. I think the Royals in third, a dark horse wild card team if they exceed my expectations. Bobby Witt Jr., very exciting, going to be an MVP candidate. And they had some pretty decent signings in the offseason as well, if you'll go and look at their transactions. Um, it's it's a good future ahead for the Kansas City Royals, I will say. Uh, second place, I got the Twins. I think their lineup's okay. Their pitching's pretty meh. And the Guardians win by default. I like the Guardians lineup. Um, they still have Shane Bieber, but yep. like, J-Ram is the... Only uh, no, I not only because Bobby Witt's in this division, but other than him, he's the only elite superstar-level player in the AL Central. Yeah, Luis Robert is getting there. He's not on the level of those two yet, but I don't think Luis Robert will be a White sock by the deadline next year, anyway. Fair. Not an exciting division. I could literally see the Guardians winning the division with 82 wins.
1: I I I just I'm not going to be watching any AL Central games this year no. probably. Um, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with the NL East right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think
0: this one will be pretty easy for the order. Okay. You go in fifth. It's going to be the Nats. They're still rebuilding very young team. Uh, fourth, I'm going to go with a playoff team from last year, the Miami Marlins. Uh, I think they didn't really make any major leaps to kind of jump in from that bottom feeding wild card to, contention I think they take a step back Luis Arias had a career year I don't think he can replicate that this year especially given that he doesn't hit for much power his batting average on balls and play indicates that he was very lucky almost the luckiest hitter in all of baseball last year Mm -hmm. I think they take a slight step back win around 77 78 games
1: and they're retiring after this year their city uniforms so the Marlins Oh, I, I thought you said the Nats.
0: Oh, the, Nat, yeah, the Nats are. I, but I think the Nats are going to be horrible. They're going to win like 60 games.
1: I, yeah, my bad. Um. No, you're the good. Nats yeah, the,
0: the Nats city uniforms are terrible, by the way. What? I think they're disgusting.
1: The, the ones with the, uh, the flower. Yeah. Those are gorgeous. In no, per- dude, I saw them in person. Trash. In person, they are. They look gorgeous. I'm telling you. We can <sighs> I disagree. Know. I think Nats uniforms are I don't think they there.
0: pop enough. I like color. I'm a very I don't colorful care. guy. I
1: think, I think that the pink pops just enough. Uh, next up, I, do you have the Mets?
0: Third place in this division, I'm going to go with the Mets. Yep. Um, I think the Mets have a lot to prove. Spent all that money last year just for it to not work out. Uh, they're working, they're close to an extension with Francisco Alvarez, which would be huge. He's a young stud at the plate. He's okay as a defender. Um, Lindor, gotta have a big year for them if they want to make the playoffs, obviously. They lose... Both Verlander and Scherzer, they traded them both away last year because that didn't work out. Kodai Senga looking to become a Cy Young candidate this year for the Mets after a really good rookie year. Second place, I have the Phillies, um, and not because of anything to their own fault. I think this is a 90-win team at least. Very good roster, very good lineup top to bottom, very good rotation top to bottom, very good bullpen top to bottom. But when you're in a division with the Atlanta Braves – it's going to be tough to win that division. It's the Braves division to lose every year until it's not. It's the Atlanta Braves show. Yeah. They're the betting favorites to win the World Series right now, plus 450 on most every uh, gambling site. They also have the highest mm-hmm. win total projection this season at 101.5 101. Yeah. 101. Yeah. is the over-under for the Atlanta Braves, which makes sense. <laughs> you have very, very many All-Stars.
1: So, if you look at mine, if you want to see my NLEs, I had the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I had Braves, Phillies, Mets, Marlins, Nats. Uh, I do still disagree with the uniforms. But, yeah, like you said, um, well, the Phillies, yes, top to bottom, very good team, but they're not the Braves. Right. The Mets spend a lot of money, but they don't really and have anything to that. And the
0: thing about the, the Phillies thing is they don't have to be the Braves because they beat the Braves in the playoffs every single year or they at least get farther than them. But, like we said again, over the course of a 162-game regular season, usually the best teams end up with the higher win total.
1: Yeah. No, um, I I think it's going to be, I don't know, I think that's going to be a fun division. I, I'm going to enjoy to actually watch that one, besides the Nationals. I even think the Marlins would be... Yeah, they'll be fun. Yeah. Uh... But I I really do see just the Braves taking that division. Maybe not taking it in the play, like going farther in the playoffs. But in you know a 162 game season, I I don't see them being dethroned. Um, Yeah, we could have been 98 Braves. So Uh, next up, though, I'm gonna go the Central. Um, I'll start off this one. I was going to put St. Louis last. I'm going to put Pittsburgh last. Wow. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't think St. Louis did anything to contend, but I think that with the you know the few pitching signings they got, I think they'll do enough to be in fourth place. Congratulations to them. They're not pushing any needle or getting anywhere, but I don't think they're going to be last in the division. Uh, then I have Milwaukee. They, this is a toss-up between all of them. I have Milwaukee. I have Cincinnati. Then I have Chicago. Um but I will say, with Pittsburgh being last, I mean they do have a number one overall pick to look forward to, uh, with how do you say, Paul
0: Skeens? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think he's gonna be, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna be great for them. Uh, so I think their future will end up being good. They just don't spend money. St. Louis spends money in the wrong places. Um, Milwaukee, I think, I don't think they got better. Cincinnati is young, and I think Chicago got a bit better. So
0: fifth place for me, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. They lost their manager, who was very successful, went to the Cubs, uh, Craig Council. They get rid of Corbin Burns. Um, Brandon Woodruff is hurt for the foreseeable future. Sorry, And not a huge fan of their lineup. I think the Brewers finished last in this division with, like, 75 wins. Uh, The rebuild's on in Milwaukee. In fourth, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be competitive either. Uh, they signed a bunch of old pitching, except for Sony Gray, who had a good year last year. I was happy with that one. I but. think he doesn't thrive in big markets. He was good in Oakland, Cincinnati, and Minnesota. He was awful with New York.
1: Is St. Louis a big market, though? They're Compared kinda,
0: to those, yes.
1: I still think they're middle of the pack.
0: And like when he gets a big contract, he got one big contract in his life. He got it with the Yankees, and he struggled mightily. Went to the Reds, got fixed, and he was eh in Minnesota. He wasn't anything great. Um, and if he's going to be their one, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, third, I have the Pirates. I, I don't think it's a great team. I think it's going to be at least fun and competitive for at least a little bit. Last year, they showed flashes, and I believe they improved in the offseason, if you believe that or not. I mean, they got better at their bullpen. might be... Their bright spot on this team. That might be the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. Nobody in this bullpen this season had an ERA higher than three something. I think everybody is like 3 2 and below mm-hmm. ERA from last year. Uh, they signed a role as Chapman. Rowdy Telez looking to bounce back and have another 30 home run season. Uh, O'Neill Cruz returning for the Pirates this year is huge. He'll be their leadoff hitter every day. Brian Hayes broke out last year. He was very good, won a gold glove, actually learned how to hit. Brian Reynolds is back. Henry Davis is behind the plate. Second place, I have the Cincinnati Reds, and this doesn't mean that I think the Reds are going to be a good team. I think the Reds take a step back, but this division is just so brutal that they get second by default. I think the Pirates finish with, like, 80 wins, and the Reds will get, like, 81-82. Like, they're not going to be that far off. I think the Cardinals could be in that range, like, 78-80 to 80 as well. Uh, and I think the Cubs finish first, obviously, by default. They're going to get like 84, 85 wins, win the Central, just because they're the least incompetent of these five teams right now.
1: This Okay, where we were talking about the AL Central just being bad. Well, I think the NL Central is very good at just being so mediocre. Yeah. The most mediocre division in baseball, and I think there's no argument it is. there. because
0: at least the AL Central was great a couple years ago. Yeah. The NL Central's been really bad minus that three-year stretch from 2013 or 2012 to like 2015. There's like a four-year stretch when the Reds were good, the Cubs were good, the Pirates were good, the Cardinals were good. And the Brewers weren't that bad. Like the Brewers were in last place with high 70s, low 80s amount. like That was a great division. But now, I mean, these divisions go through these cycles, but it's really frustrating for me as a Pirates fan because whenever the Pirates get good – the, the rest of the division also gets super good. So I'm kind of nervous to see that because if the Pirates would just be good now, they could win this division in a landslide, it's, just like any of these teams could.
1: I don't know. I, I don't even see any of these teams. Like, most of these divisions I'd say, okay, maybe this team could get hot and they could make a run. I don't see anyone in this division going hot or getting hot and making a playoff run. I just yeah. – call me crazy. Everyone, it's 162 games to see who gets bounced out immediately. So gone in three games. I mean, it's not going to be anything great. Two if
0: you're, like, if you get swept, yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it it just sucks having such, uh, watching baseball and having such a bad division, especially being a Cardinals fan. I'm not used to us being this mediocre, and the rest of the division's mediocre. It's really anyone's game, but it doesn't matter. Like, if we win the division, if any of these teams win the division, it's congratulations, here's your participation trophy, go home in a few games. Yeah,
0: it's a bad division, just as is the AL Central. Yeah. I think the AL Central actually is worse, though, this season. Believe it the or not. The
1: Central in general. No one wants to watch the Central.
0: It's because they're all generally small markets other than Chicago, yep. which the White Sox have no excuse. The Cubs will be at least a little bit competent. Uh-huh. But other than that, they're all small market teams. Well,
1: the Sox get overshadowed by the Cubs. Yeah. Constantly. Um. Okay, next – or, well, last is the NL West. Uh, you want to go?
0: Yeah, last place – Easily is going to be the Colorado Rockies. They're still on a rebuild. Um, They're getting younger. They're getting a little more exciting. But, I mean, the emergence of Nolan Jones last year was a pleasant surprise for them. Um, But they just don't have the pieces to compete this year. They're going to maybe top out at 70-73 wins. Uh, Fourth place for me, I have the San Francisco Giants. They're decent enough. I mean, it's a team that could stay competitive for a long time in this division, but... The top three in this division are heavy hitters. Uh, in third place, I got the San Diego Padres. Losing a little bit, obviously. They lose Gary Sanchez. They are going to lose Blake Snell. Um, you know, partner, they got Machado. They got Tatis still. But, you know, it's going to be tough because these top two teams are on another tier even from the Padres. Uh, Diamondbacks going to finish second in mine. World Series team last year, but, I mean, that's just a result of them getting hot late. They barely make the playoffs. They get 84 wins, and they go to the World Series. Very young, very exciting Diamondbacks team, though. Corbin Carroll I broke love out. I the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Carroll, rookie of the year. Um, Christian Walker, very yeah. good, powerful first baseman. They got two good starters in Zach Gallen and, oh my gosh, how am I blanking on his name? One second.
1: watched enough baseball, I'd tell you.
0: Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, the other one. Uh, I believe they also signed Eduardo Rodriguez. So they have three above average to elite starters um, just to bolster that rotation. I think this is a team that could replicate another good playoff run because they're so young and unpredictable. And then first place, obviously, the Dodgers. This is the Major League All-Star team. Yeah, uh, they have every all star in the history of planet Earth on this team. This is the Monstar Squad. I
1: was just about to say the Monstars.
0: They're gonna win like 190,000 games this year. So yeah, be ready for that. They're gonna lose the World. Series. They're not gonna win the World Series. I promise. But they will. Uh, win I don't like, even think they make the series. They'll win like 120 games, but they won't win the World Series.
1: No, they'll find a way. I mean, they no coherence. They throw together an all star team. Too many personalities. I don't yeah. think they're getting it done. I hope not.
0: I don't think they will. I really don't. I, uh, I think Dave Roberts is a terrible manager because he has had this talent pretty much every year. He's had the most talented roster in the major leagues.
1: Are they the 49ers of Major League Baseball?
0: I think it's worse it, because they <laughs> the pitcher is kind of similar to the quarterback, whereas they control the game. And the Dodgers have always had amazing pitching. And this year, they have the best rotation maybe ever assembled. Uh-huh. So uh, nothing besides a World Series – or anything but a World Series would be a major disappointment.
1: No, I I agree. Uh, I I don't know. I really hope they lose just because I, they got everyone. Me every too. every big free agent, I was like, oh, where are they going to? Ah, oh, they're ah oh, Dodger. They paid four hundred fifty billion for anyone. Yeah. So, and then they deferred it till twenty eighty two.
0: Yeah, that alone makes me hope. I mean, this is really messed up. But I hope Shohei Otani fails miserably.
1: I really hope he just has a bad year. Yeah, like I, I hope that he falls off a cliff. Yeah, literally. Not
0: literally, but you know.
1: I, I, I mean, there are cliffs in L.A. somewhere.
0: There are. Los Santos. Los Santos,
1: crazy. All right. Uh, next up, some basketball. I want to talk the All Star game first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is um, yeah, the, that three point competition. I'm not talking. It. I'm not talking the actual one with, like, Dame and
0: such, yeah.
1: but uh, Ionescu versus—I I probably butchered that. I'm very bad at
0: saying her name. Sabrina Inescu.
1: Inescu, yeah, versus Curry. Um, big props. Everyone everyone is dissing on her. Like, all the things I'm saying is, oh, you know, women's basketball stuff. She shot from the three-point line, you know, a, a line she's not used to shooting, like mm-hmm. the NBA three-point. With the ball, she's been shooting with her whole life. Say you give Curry a woman's ball, he's overshooting it twenty times. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. It's the motion. It's the sport that she learned how to play. You know, so I think that I don't know why that's an argument, but she put up twenty six as many as much as like Dame Dame did, who actually won it. Uh, Lost to Curry, who had twenty nine, the greatest shooter of our lifetime. I thought that was awesome. That was the best event of the whole All Star game.
0: Yeah, I think that was the only good event of the entire weekend. Honestly, I think the Rising Stars Challenge is. A pickup game at your local ymca <laughs> um the skills challenge is awful now um i saw a comparison video from 2014 to now in 2014 the uh the passing holes were like t- half the size of what they are now it's so much easier um
1: well have you tried did you see the leds and stuff watching it i'm getting a headache yeah like it's just
0: not really appealing to me the dunk contest has been a joke for a long time. Yeah, since I, the Levine Aaron Gordon one. That was the last good dunk McClung contest. won it,
1: right? And then yeah. I saw him. He was at Canes. Uh, um, is it Raising Canes? Yeah, yeah. He was at Raising Canes the day after, which probably because he's no longer. He doesn't. He's in the G League. Uh, he's never going to get called up to the NBA. They bring him in like a circus act every year, to dunk for him because yeah. the dunk contest is washed. Right. So he might be working at Canes now. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's confirmed.
0: We're not sure. We can't confirm. But but uh and then the three point contest isn't really a novelty anymore. Uh, especially because like everybody in the whole league shoots 10 threes a night now. Yeah. So it's not really like something you'd pay to see. I wouldn't pay to see. And then the NBA All-Star game's terrible. I mean, yeah. 211 points.
1: 200 points uh first uh, first by a team ever. Um congratulations. You guys shot 456 threes. You didn't play any defense. We're very proud of you. This is where the NBA's going. Not excited. Yeah. So
0: Not good. All-Star weekends uh, it was a huge flop for me.
1: Oh, and the celebrity game has always historically been bad. I've oh never yeah, liked horrible. That. Celebrity game stupid. You're
0: throw- if you're paying to watch that, you need help you're because throwing- those tickets for All Star Weekend cost like five hundred bucks minimum. Yeah, to get in the door.
1: You're throwing like Kai Sinet out there with Micah Parsons, which who play?
0: Yeah, come st- on, man.
1: I mean, he had thirty-seven and sixteen. But
0: I mean, you're if put- you want to see something like that, just go punch a grandmother <laughs> at like the nursing home. <laughs> you're or something.
1: putting Micah Parsons. Uh, you know, a freak of an athlete against someone like Ellen DeGeneres and, Kussin yeah, like, and, come on. Nobody is paying
0: good money. Actually,
1: Barack Obama probably would hoop, but he,
0: but like, he's also 60. Like, that's
1: what I'm saying. You're putting these athletes, these actual athletes against some of these dudes that are Martha Stewart out there. And he scored 37 points. And he's like, Oh, look at me like, Come yeah. on. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I'm i sorry. I don't even play basketball. I would score 37 points against a toddler. So, like,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> oh it's just I don't
1: know the the celebrity game sucks
0: I think the NBA sucks I've said this a lot on this (laughs) podcast I can't stand that league man it's just there's no integrity it's not good product anymore to watch even in the playoffs like it's just not entertaining to me uh you know I mean I'm very heavily biased that college basketball is so much better but I think that's sort of the general consensus by a lot of people who aren't NBA-only fans. If there's sports fans, I think they think that college basketball is better, but there's those weird guys who are just like the NBA that are just huge NBA fans.
1: Crazy take. Crazy take. Call me out. I... I think the WNBA is a better fundamental and better product right now than the I NBA. I was
0: just going to say that, which is the most insane statement ever because nobody's going to agree with you and I. Yeah. But, like, they play real basketball in the WNBA. No, it's
1: actual fundamentals. Now. They run
0: sets. They yes. play defense. More than one. They don't play sloppy man-to-man. They play good man-to-man, and they play two threes. They play three twos. They play traps. And it's so much better of a product because those players translate from college. The college stars go into the WNBA and are great. Yes. College stars from men's college basketball go into the NBA and struggle because that is not what the NBA yeah, is. It
1: anymore. leads to drafting guys like Pat Williams, number four overall, because he's a more NBA fit.
0: Didn't even start in college, and he sucks in the NBA, which stinks for the Bulls. But
1: <laughs> he sucks. But no, um, I think women's <laughs> basketball. Uh...
0: One second, Pat Williams, you suck.
1: Pat Williams, you're garbage. I O. Great game by you.
0: You suck, still. Kobe White, I do love you. I love I Kobe White too.
1: Um, but women's basketball is on the rise, and I really love to see it. Caitlin Clark is she's doing the biggest great star
0: numbers. in college basketball. End of sentence. You do not need to gender it.
1: Scoring record all time in a single game and all time for the NCAA women's basketball. Yeah. She, I mean, come on.
0: She's great. I mean, the star power in women's college basketball is better than men's college basketball right now. I, you got Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, Angel Reese, Haley Van Lith. Those are all more well-known names who have actual brand deals with NIL, like with Adidas. People and with are forgetting Nike. about
1: Paige coming off of an injury. Like, yeah. she's going to come back and everyone's talking to Kate. Like, Paige was a dog at UConn.
0: She's so. got another year of eligibility. No, now. I
1: know. She's coming back. Like, it's, it's sick. And I don't blame them. The NIL deals are... Awesome, but I really think women's basketball is way on the rise right now. I agree. They're They're hoping, they even proved they can shoot just as well. Like, oh, shooting, yeah. Shoot everyone, if you can shoot,
0: you can shoot. That's, that's the big saying. thing with that is I think people get uh, carried away with, like, oh, the NBA's better because people are running and dunking. Well, I mean, like, if you want to play real basketball, like, fundamental, I'm not saying women would be able to compete with men because it's just not genetically possible. Yeah. But they play just as good of a product on the court, if not better, because they're actually playing basketball. No, I mean, they're not playing. Let you, me just and shoot they this. all
1: have good fundamental skills out there. I mean, what Charles Barkley say about DeAndre Jordan? It was a while ago, but he said if you locked him in a gym overnight and told him he can't dunk, he'd have six points in the morning. That was a maybe. St- yeah, that was a statement uh, in 2015 by Charles Barkley. It, it, I think it holds true a lot with some of these players. They're either all they do is shoot it from deep. Or all they could do is dunk. You have Ben Simmons out there. You're telling me that that's more entertaining, just a guy that can run and dunk? And he doesn't Gian- even do I mean, that anymore.
0: I think Giannis is very good at that. Yes. But, like, that's all he does, dude. Yes. And he only does it because he's just physically stronger than other people.
1: Women's basketball is so much more fundamentally sound. Everyone has to play defense out there. Everyone has to at least figure out how to do some sort of jump shot. You can't shoot past six feet. You can make it in the NBA. There's certain players that do it. But WNBA, you have to do that.
0: Yeah. I think Nikola Jokic is him and Luka, and like obviously LeBron is very skilled and he yeah. plays a lot of fundamental basketball. Steph Curry plays like they run sets for Steph Curry, but there's only a very hand, there's a very few amount of people that play real basketball in the NBA anymore.
1: Another thing is everyone say, like, oh, America is so good at basketball and stuff. I'm tired of that argument too. Me too. The foreign
0: the matter, players are better, man. Foreign players are way better than us. They they're are. they're
1: coming in here. and They're just it's like Team yeah. USA
0: junior team sucks every year, <laughs> man. It's going. To
1: they're trap. coming in there. And they're saying these foreign players are saying it's easy to score here, and you see that right now. You have Luca averaging 34 points per game. You have these like right now, all the young players are foreign. Like yeah. all the good young players, and it's it's
0: concerning. Besides, man.
1: like Tatum, is that yeah. it? That's the that might be your list. Yeah. Like. Uh,
0: that's it yeah if you're th- from canada he's not american no
1: it i don't know it's i call me crazy people might not agree with this but i really think it, do, wnba is more entertaining and it's on the rise i think also um i do want to take a back step michael parsons had 37 points, sixty rebounds celebrity game mvp who did uh michael parsons
0: i hate michael parsons
1: yes what i want to say though he finally got a trophy the only one you're oh, going to get in your congrats, career. man. Yeah, congratulations. I think he
0: has CTE right now. <laughs> Maybe. All right, so first of all, he said the TJ Watt stuff. He said he wasn't a yeah, top-five yeah. edge rusher. Then he was, like, saying that Dak Prescott would be the best quarterback in the AFC, not named Patrick Mahomes. That's crazy. He wouldn't be <laughs> top-five.
1: Oh, Lord, yeah. He He's really top-five in playoff wins all time.
0: He's top five in everything ever on planet Earth, not besides, even play,
1: Besides any, he's top five in doing nothing in the playoffs and disappearing. <laughs> he's
0: top five at disappointing Johnny.
1: He's top. <laughs> five. He is top five celebrity game performance all time. Dak? <laughs> no, a <laughs> Dak? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. I will. Okay. So as for the NBA, uh, the East is very top heavy. Uh, the Celtics are forty three and twelve, which is crazy because the Warriors had nine losses the season. This is a great run by the Celtics. They're not going to get done in the playoffs. I'm telling you that right now. They I don't. Mean, I, I, yeah.
0: They never do. They never do. I uh, mean, even when they got to the finals, they didn't win the finals.
1: The Cavs are on a great run. They're eighteen and two in their last twenty. Which puts them in second place. They're 35 and 21. Or wait, no, 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 no. I don't have their record. I think they're 36 and 20, just ahead of the Bucks, who are 35 and 21. Uh, The West is a little more evened out. It has the T-Wolves number one, crazy Thunder number two, very young Clippers, crazy again Nuggets, Suns. Uh, So Suns, Pelicans, Mavs, Kings are five to eight. They're all within two games of one another. So that's competitive. And that's really all I have to say. That's just some standing stuff
0: so i'll tell you this right now i only think there's four teams no five teams that can win the title four of them are in the west the only team in the east that i think has a shot is the celtics and in the west i think the top four have a chance other than the that bucks
1: going on a run still but i with the coaching I don't, right dude, now
0: doc rivers will not win another nba title ever they again ever,
1: was it boo, who'd they fight boo they, they fired three haven't they Who'd they fire? Who'd they start with? Was it Bootenholzer?
0: Yeah, but he Ben been gone.
1: He's Ben Gone. And then they got oh,
0: What they, was his name?
1: They keep even Giannis said something though. I know they said he he's like I've had three coaches in the last six months. Like it's a lot. And
0: for I, what though? They're the three seed in the Eastern Conference.
1: They lost okay, Giannis got injured. They lost to the eight seed because their best player was injured. The best player in the NBA. Yeah. Arguably.
0: It's still Like he's the he's your uh, he's your best player. Either way.
1: Okay. Uh, past this though, I do want to go MVP race on who I have. And what people are saying for the MVP race right now is they have Jokic. Congratulations. He is the four seed in the West right now. Jokic is great. Okay. 26, 12, eight and a half or 8.9. Okay.
0: This might be a hot take. I think it's got to go to SGA.
1: I don't have SGA is actually number five for me. Um, wait, no, 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 no. He's number four. I know who I have. Luka Doncic. I'm sorry. He's
0: obviously in my top two. He's he, If it's not Shea, I think Luka deserves it. They have it. Luka
1: put number five. His stats this year, 34.4, 8.8 rebounds, 9.5 assists, okay? You take Luka off of that team. They are a yeah. 12 seed.
0: I think the same can be said by about Shea, but to a lesser extent, because they have a little bit better of surrounding cast, yeah. but not as good.
1: Um, Next, I have Giannis. I'm tired of people not having Giannis in, in MVP stuff, because he – They're still the 3 seed. He has 31, 11.2, 6.4 points, rebounds, assists, and they have him also like number 3 right now behind Jokic, uh, which Jokic is a 26.1, 12, 8.9, but they're also having kind of a down year, in a sense, where they're not a as A little good as
0: championship that. hangover.
1: Yeah, a little championship hangover, but I don't think they could put him number one just because. I know it's kind of like, oh, well, he was MVP before, and I know there's a the voter
0: fatigue He doesn't have the best stats this year. That's plain and simple.
1: Put Giannis there. I'm sorry. Giannis has been just shoved away from it now for the last few years. After he won two, they were like, well, he can't win again. No. Just put him up there, but I have Luca right now. I think Luca deserves one, but Shea... 31.1, 5.5, 6.5. He's a stud out there. My only doc on him is he doesn't play defense as well as some of these other. Well, besides Luka. Luka doesn't play defense. He's just ridiculous But, there. like,
0: he tries to. He's just unable to because he's not as physically gifted as some people.
1: He's almost a Giannis build. No, <laughs> yeah. no not even close. <laughs> if um,
0: you give him, like, seven inches of height and, like, muscle you, and athleticism. Okay,
1: never mind, never mind, never mind. I will not give you anything. Um. <laughs> Okay, the last thing I have before we go is the opinion on the new rule of players have to play set sixty-five games in order to win awards because it's controversial. They're saying, "Oh, Embiid can't win the award because he won't have played sixty-five games." What do you think about that?
0: I, I kind of like I kind of like it because maybe it prevents load management from occurring so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair number of games. I think maybe you could lower it to sixty, but like you should be able, you should have to play. Like three quarters, I think, which is about what that's at. hmm. Um,
1: no, I, I definitely agree. It's I think it's a twenty minute minimum um for a game to actually count if you're being considered for like M V P and stuff. Yeah. But um I, I think you have to be able to play. I'm gonna give you an entire list before we go of players that played eighty two games last year, okay? Uh actually let me pull something else too. Um just do that. Okay. Um. Okay, yeah. We have Harrison Barnes. This is last year, okay? 82 games played. Barnes, Vucevic, Looney, White, Hartenstein, Bridges, Poole, Pat Williams, K.J. Martin, Tari Eason, okay? Uh-huh. 10 players in the NBA out of, like, 300 played all 82 games.
0: Yeah. And most of them aren't huge names. Uh. Wait, you want to read that list again? Sorry.
1: You want me to read it again? Yeah. Barnes, Vucevic, Looney, White, Hartenstein, Bridges, Poole, Pat Williams, K.J. Martin, Tari Eason.
0: No real stars.
1: No. Um, yeah, I'll even put down here uh, for players that played 82 games in 2000. Um, this is one-third of the list, okay? Oh, there's an ad playing right now. Sharif Abdul Rahim, Ray Allen, Kenny Anderson, Shannon Harrison, Greg Anthony, Daryl Armstrong, Chucky Atkins, Tony Batty, Travis Bass, Mike Bibby, Vince Carter, Michael Curry, Baron Davis. Fifteen more guys on there, and then I have to pay to reveal. Triple that data. Wow. That's what I'm saying. All played This detail.
0: year, there's only five who have played in 100% of their team's games. Oh. Buddy Heald, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves, Colin Sexton, and Obi Toppin.
1: Yeah. Good on LB Toppin. Okay, that's all I have for today. That, do you have anything else to add? If not, I'm going to just go out and say NBA, it, it, it's washed. WNBA is on the rise. Uh, yeah, argue with the
0: wall right now. I'm going to leave this final statement for the listeners. Thank you for listening. If you have been or if you're still here, I ha- I will leave you with this. Fire Don Granado. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Riverville. See you guys.